This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm Stuart Butler, Chief Operating Officer with Fuel Travel and the host of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. What I like about travel is the memories it makes and the stories you get to tell afterwards. Gaining ground in market share isn't the only goal for hotels and hotel chains. Keeping it comes in at a close second. To do that in the current industry climate, many hotels must utilize specialized e-commerce solutions to make sure all online presence and marketing resources are maximizing their market share opportunities. Coming up, you'll hear from the chief operating officer of a premier hotel marketing agency offering just that. Website design, custom hotel apps, and marketing solutions that reduce OTA reliance and increase direct bookings. You'll also find out how his podcast can add some fuel to your resort or hotel's marketing strategy. And you might just discover the one snack you have to try. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Stuart, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's good <laughs> to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, it's nice to nice to get together. I have a question for you. Okay. Right off the bat, um, what can a hotel do to really differentiate in the market? It, it's such an interesting question because it it really depends on the type of property, you know. Because mm-hmm. because we primarily at Fuel Travel deal with independent hotels, but then there's a a ton of people that are homogenized because they're the flags, right? They're, they're following the brand standards of whoever, Marriott Hilton or whatever it is. So it's a little more challenging for them. But I think at the end of the day, hospitality comes down to hospitality. You are hosting someone. You are an innkeeper, right? So the best form of marketing you can do begins with hiring the right people and treating the guests the way they want to be treated and in exceeding their expectations. You know, I think a lot of folks get too caught up on how many people can we turn over today or are all the rooms clean, you know, the logistical side of the hospitality industry, and they lose sight of why we even got into this business in the first place. So I think the biggest thing you can do to stand out is just giving exceptional experience, and then the marketing kind of takes care of itself. How did you get into the business? (laughs) So me personally, I ended up back, falling backwards into the industry. So I, I, my undergrad degree is actually in physics with space science and systems. Of course it was. So I, I wanted to work <laughs> for NASA, stuff. right? Yeah. I, that was, I wanted to work for NASA. That was almost, always mm-hmm. my dream. I wanted to move to the U.S. So my accent's a little wonky. I'm originally from the U.K., but um, I knew I wanted to move to the U.S. at some point, thinking it was space science, but in my fourth year, third year of my physics degree, I started dabbling with computer programming and fell in love with that and found this thing called the internet. This was like 90, I don't know, it was the mid to late 90s. I learned what the internet was and said, well, that hasn't even been created yet. Let me go figure out how that works. Mm -hmm. So so I kind of got the bug then and moved to the States for to work for an agency. It's the same company I work for today. It was under a different name at the time. But um, the first job I had day one was programming part of their booking engine. So they were creating online booking engine software for the independent hotels. And that was my first taste of the hospitality industry. I didn't really have a clue other than I knew how to code. And then 
I've been doing that for 17 years, and it kind of evolved. You just stayed with hospitality then. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't you got exclusive. enthralled basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. We we dabbled in a lot of different stuff to start with. It was you know hospitality, it was um, apparel, it was healthcare and real estate. We we're doing a bunch of different things, but what we kept coming back to was at at core software and our core expertise was around hospitality. You know, our headquarters was Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is one of the most visited place in the u.s you know second only for u.s vacation travelers is second only to orlando Mm -hmm. so we get about 15 million people a year go to Myrtle beach and so right there in our backyard we had a couple of hundred clients and then it's just expanded beyond that we we proved our methodology there and then now we have about 450 clients in uh, i want to say 12 different countries and something to note for all your mates back home uh you are representing them well wearing a manchester united football club uh shirt (laughs) this is true and not just any right this is this is circa 1980 something no this is is vintage this is a throwback it is yeah so you can tell the badge is instead of the new Mm -hmm. one says manchester united Mm -hmm. top and bottom and it's manchester united football club so this is oh i I said it correctly yeah perfect i didn't not even notice that yeah this is this is legit 1980s classic that's what's up yeah adidas yeah did you um to bring it back i wanted to hear about this you said you have 450 clients Mm -hmm. right now are they all in hospitality as well or have you maintained a cross sector as well all of those are independent so we we have a parent company that is a traditional agency so what Mm -hmm. we did about four years ago is we decided fuel needed just to focus on hospitality and we were called fuel interactive at the time so we rebranded as fuel travel and we'd sent all our non-hotel clients or hospitality clients over to them so we work with some golf courses as well Mm. but primarily it's independent resorts and um our whole shtick is we try to reduce their reliance on otas We, we try to help them not get caught up on this drug of otas which is eat far too easy to do these days right how how are they managing i mean you 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 handle both larger chains mm-hmm. some of their subsidiaries the um the actual independent hotels mm-hmm. separate of this and then also management groups correct yeah like, so yeah. i mean when you're talking about guest experience you're really talking about management groups how is it mm-hmm. how is it that you're able to to maybe link these people together because yeah. a lot of them work together in some capacity one way or another, right? Yeah, it, it, it's a challenge. It took us a while to figure it out. But but one thing we discovered early on is if everyone's playing with the same scorecard, you, mm-hmm. know, you keep the same numbers and their goals are the same, looking at the same data, that changes the conversation. Because when I started in the in, in industry 17 years ago, there was no communication between marketing and rate management, for example, right? They just completely separated they, they had no nothing to do with each other or even <clears throat> operations and marketing weren't in any way aligned they were two separate things and we back then had clients that would say things like i don't care if we're getting you know if, if the rooms are dirty you just go put lipstick on that on this pig and tell everyone it's the greatest <laughs> hotel ever right we'll <laughs> deal with them when they come to the hotel which was fine until the onset of things like TripAdvisor, where mm-hmm. there's complete transparency into the experience, right? So, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so what we do is we we try to make sure we have all the stakeholders in the room at the very beginning. And we've turned a lot of clients away who aren't willing to adopt that mindset. When they can't be collaborative, when they can't say, okay, operations and marketing are the same thing. All marketing's really doing is shining a light on the good or the bad of your property, uh, unless they can see that, we're not going to work with them. And that that's one of the things that's allowed us to be really selective about our clients. In, in you know, we haven't grown as much as potentially we could have or some of our competitors have. 
But we, it's a conscious decision that we made a long time ago. And I, I think it's worked out for us. You know, going back to what you said before, that a lot of it is about, I mean, hospitality is how you're treated in this house, right? Mm-hmm. So you're bringing people over to your home and yeah. you want to give them a memorable and, and personal experience. Yeah. What types of technology innovations have you seen that aid this, that you're most excited about? So one of our first recordings that we ever had on the show was seven rooms. And I thought mm-hmm. that they do a great job of managing kind of the profiles across. And this is for like the starwoods of the world, you know, the, these, yeah. uh, these flagship, as you mentioned, right. properties to, to kind of be more personal. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of startups in that space right now trying to figure that out. How do you improve the guest experience? And to me, it comes down to communication. Uh, we have a product. It's called Guest Express. It's a mobile app for get customer facing mobile app. Right. So a guest books with your hotel and they download the mobile app and it gives the property the ability to communicate with them one-to-one based on whatever you know about them. So you know their check-in date, you know their checkout date. And what we've noticed is the folks that are using it appropriately, the folks that are using it to um, communicate with their guests during the stay are seeing increases in guest loyalty. They're seeing increases oh. in, in reviews. And some simple things they're doing, things like, two hours after someone's checked in, automatically send them a push notification that says, hey, thank you for staying. If there's anything we can do for you, here, yeah, so here's simple. how you, you contact us, right? Proactively reaching out. Is there a chat back and forth then? Yeah, so yeah. it's it's through a push notification and then a back-end system where they can communicate or we can push it off to like SMS messaging depending on the client preferences. But Now, this is a person on the other side that's managing the communication. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we've dabbled with chatbots and the automated stuff. It's just not nearly sophisticated enough yet. You know, I think yeah. it can solve certain problems. Uh, you know, I've seen some great case studies where in, say, university admissions, chatbots have improved admission rates and things because people are finishing their applications. But again, it comes back to we're in the hospitality business. You know, why would you take away the opportunity to have a human interaction and replace that with an artificial intelligence that's not that good right now, you know? So we, we strongly encourage you not to farm that out, not to send that to a call center, but to actually say, here's, you know, Stuart, who's going to help you with whatever challenge you're having. <clears throat> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious now to hear more about the business of fuel because, mm-hmm. or fuel travel, mm-hmm. because you mentioned that you have your own tech that you right. deploy, right, with your clients. Yeah. What other solutions do you have? How how else are you consulting companies? Yeah. So, so we try to position ourselves. We, we noticed a long time ago there was, you know, the, the flags had an unfair advantage over independence. Like a lot of independence and, and a lot of our clients, you know, 100, 200 units, up to five, 600 units. But they either work on their own or they ha- maybe are a part of a management group that has four or five or more properties, mm-hmm. right? But they don't have the resources <laughs> that... The chains have and the chains honestly were not doing the best job because they they'd created you know a one-size-fits-all solution for whatever it was right so if you're a hilton every booking has to go through through the main hilton website mm-hmm. even if you're a hampton inn or another brand under that right and same with marriott right and even though they've you know starwood's still a little separated um you know all the marriott bookings essentially have the same experience there's no uniqueness to it uh but what they do bring, if you're if you're trying to get in the hotel business and you have some cash to to build a property, the easy way to do it is to get a flag, right? Because then it's it's kind of turnkey. You don't have mm-hmm. to think about it. You you have this whole it's solution, a franchise model, right? Essentially, yeah, it's a franchise model. So, independence didn't really have that. So we from the get go said, what if what if independence had that same luxury? What if we created a, an entity that could create the same solutions that the flag does, without 
the cost, right? So so we see ourselves as full service. So we have, like you mentioned, the software side. So things like online booking engines, um, email CRM platforms, uh, the mobile app, analytics dashboards. So we have a team of developers that do it all in-house. We build these tools based on conversations with our customers. So we sit down and see how they're using the product, what they'd like to see. And so that's that's how our products have evolved over the last 20 years. We, we look back, we think we were the first company in the U.S. to build a real-time two-way booking engine that interacts with the property management system. We can't find anyone that did it before us in 93, which is when our company started. Um, so we have a long track record. It's coming up to 25 years that we've been evolving the booking engine, and we feel like we've done a pretty pretty good job. But beyond the software, we also provide the services. So, so Are you a technology company or a consulting firm? <laughs> we're a solution firm, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we identify the problems that folks have, and we try to find a way to to put Build out the out fire. A or, 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 yeah. So do you ever bring in other third party solutions? Yeah, in? absolutely, all the time. So yeah. so you know, we have the services <clears throat> side, right? So you could think of us like you know some of the big guys out there, like a Travel Click or H E B S or someone like that. Um, but we're a little different because whereas with these guys, you typically are told here's how things are done and here's a two-year contract and you sign that and then you're pretty much on autopilot with them for the next two years. Whereas we kind of sit down with the, the person and say, let's understand your business, understand your guest, understand your destination and understand your team that you currently have. And that could be an internal team. It could be your agencies that you're working with. Uh, but we try to look at them and we say, okay, where are the gaps? Where where could you be doing better? Where where are the opportunities? And let us help you either find someone to do that or we'll do it for you. So we can do everything turnkey, but more often than not, we find that we come in as a consultant and say, here are some things. You can add one resource here to do the X, Y, and Z, and you're going to be golden. Or, you know, it, it it's or no you're a one... shit show and we got to figure this out. Yeah, which happens <laughs> a yeah. lot too. There's mm-hmm. a lot of you know yeah. the good thing is there's a lot of mistakes that everyone makes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. so you know we can regurgitate the same solutions in in some cases, but no two clients of ours, whether we've worked with them for you know a year or or twenty plus years, no two clients have the same service from us. Yeah. You know everything's kind of custom fit to their needs. Interesting. We should dive into those experiences uh, right after this. <laughs> Coming up, we'll hear from Stuart on some of the mistakes that he commonly hears from some of his clients, um, how data plays a role into some of that, and some of the branded experiences that we're seeing in the market right now between boutique hotels and what types of stories he's telling on his podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Vikram Iyer former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mount Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play. 
and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Before we get started, let's see what kind of snacks we got here. Yeah, John, yeah, I was hoping that right? you would actually end the first segment with that, but you forgot, <laughs> and I was sitting here starving <laughs> in the break. It's been a long break. Yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah. a long break, and I was not eating during this break. <laughs> Mostly because you're misguidance on this show, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully these won't disappoint. So I, I took a look to see if there I wanted to bring something, obviously from England originally, I wanted to bring something British, and um, there's... On I forget Hudson I think it was there's this place called Myers of Kenswick oh yeah 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 um, super so famous I went there yesterday and if if we'd recorded yesterday you would have had hot pastries because I got a Cornish pasty and a and a sausage roll man they're phenomenal but, <laughs> was, were they legit I mean they're the real oh, deal legit like, oh nice yeah. I, right. I, haven't, I haven't been home in like two and a half years so I, I've heard a lot of good things about really really good if you're ever in New York and you're craving some traditional English stuff, then Myers at Kenswick is the place. On Hudson is the place. Awesome. So I bought you two what different things. One is going to be polarizing, and one everyone's going to love. So mm. the, the one that everyone's going to love is... I love, is, I love polarizing. <laughs> so uh, chocolate hobnobs, right? These are what we call biscuits, what mm-hmm. you would probably call cookies. Yeah. It's like a... I don't even know what's in it. Oats and chocolate and stuff. So those those yep. are delicious. They're really good dunked in hot tea, but they're good any other way. So dig into those. Okay. And then um, the other thing I brought... And that's McVitie's. Yeah, that's from McVitie's. And then the other thing is, this is uh, Twiglets. So what Twiglets are, they're kind of like pretzel sticks, but they're covered in this stuff called Marmite. You ever heard of Marmite? Yeah. No, sounds so like a, it's like, like a yeast extract. Okay. And, and um, it's like this black syrupy stuff that's really bitter and really salty. Uh, but even, even the marketing for, for Marmite, they're one of my favorite companies to market because... They play off on the fact that some people love it and some people hate it. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite commercials, they used to show this couple sitting, like watching Netflix or something, and they'd be kissing. And then the girl would get up, go to the kitchen, and she'd come back, and they'd go to kiss again. And the guy's like, oh, that's gross. And then it pans to the kitchen, and she just had a bite of bread with Marmite on it. So you, <laughs> yeah, And then the tagline's, Marmite, you either love it or you hate it. So these are Twiglets. Yeah, and, let's um, get involved in this. And so this is one of my favorite Marmite things. covered Twiglets. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. Uh, okay, some I'm of my favorites. I'm going to go home and see what Shanna says. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You see how salty and bitter they kind of... I do. I do see that. Yeah. Polarizing. I'm into it. I'm really into it, actually. They it's taste kind of like, um, hmm. like rolled gold pretzels almost. Really but good. Yeah. Yeah, more interesting. This is probably one of the more interesting flavors I've had. What's in this? What, Marmite. Dick. Marmite. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a yeast extract. I don't know You're really what that means. Me today, Bob. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been on bike with you in a while, John. It just it feels so natural. So, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy those. It's these delicious. are delicious, man. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for being so thoughtful. Yeah. So, Stuart, <laughs> you had mentioned that there was some, you know, there's a whole litany of services that you provide to right. the, the groups you work with, the hotel chains and such. What are some of the common, um, you know, kind of same mistakes that people make when they're either launching an independent hotel or yeah. some, you know, just marketing the the work that they do? Yeah, there's a few common ones like I mentioned. I think, firstly, a lot of people are still in this chasing the bright and shiny. 
Like they 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 hear buzzwords like blockchain or AI or augmented reality, whatever the latest buzzy thing is that's all over every blog, uh, and they try to invest in that versus paying attention to the the block and tackle stuff that works and has worked for forever, right? So, in the hotel industry, believe it or not, email marketing is still the number one thing you can do to generate revenue. If if you're a property in a repeat destination, it's a little different if you're you know targeting the business traveler. But email is still really really effective if you do it right. Um, but so many people we we come to and they're all invested in something new. And they've neglected their you know pay per click campaigns or their email or their social whatever it is stuff that we know has worked so that that's probably one of the biggest uh, the the other one though I think which is more concerning is data people do not have their arms around data and and you know primarily what we do is tracking online stuff right so behavior on the website how did someone get to the website in the first place what did they do when they got there did they come back and book did they use multiple devices things like that so. All these people we come across, they're spending you know thousands and thousands of dollars on say Google AdWords to generate traffic to their website, but then they don't know what happened to that person. Like they're not using tools that are available to them yeah. for free, like Google Analytics, to actually track all the way through the revenue. And part of the challenge is that they don't know how to, but part of it is that you know they're using booking engine technology that does not allow them to embed conversion tracking or campaign tracking or whatever. So it's so frustrating. Well, yeah, we run into that all the time where people yeah. are saying this my my pay per click is not working, and we're like, well how do you know because you can't measure anything so the first thing we do when we get into a new client is we make sure that their analytics is is legit we make sure that we've straightened out every little thing any cross domain issues anything at all and we want them to be able to track every penny they spend all the way through to conversion how much is it's generating and then we also try to tie that in with the phone revenue as well you know because still 50 percent in on average of bookings are coming over the phone for a lot of our clients so it's you know it's important to to match the two together, but yeah, I, I don't know how people make decisions without data. You know, well, it's... <clears throat> to flip that, mm-hmm. as a traveler, yeah, I know my personal habits and discovery has changed dramatically mm-hmm. over the last two three years. Basically, the advent of Instagram. I'll tell you that. Sure. And how are you seeing that most people are looking to? to find interesting experiences because the boutique space is what's hot and trending now, right? To sure. find those individual and unique experiences. Yeah, which is, which is why you see a lot of the, the franchises have, have created new flags, right? They've created these new things. And I think the trend really started, from my perspective, Kimpton were the first to kind of do that, a unique experience under a, under some kind of corporate flag. But Every single that you look at Hilton but, but, and Marriott, they're but creating are there a ton are there of, macro trends that you're seeing on the discovery side? Like, how are people discovering properties now and 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 finding their ideal travel experience? Well, I think it's different, right? So Google put out their study last year on um, what they call micro moments. I don't know if you read yeah, that stuff, right? <laughs> Attaching to people's micro moments and, right. then, and so, then being part of that funnel. But I think beyond that, right? Beyond understanding, there's a period of inspiration. There's a period of decision, and you know these these micro moments that Google calls it how we consume everything has fundamentally changed and it's gone mobile primarily right so whether it's through instagram or whether it's just i've got five minutes between you know having gone to the grocery store and picking up junior at the soccer game right that we have these little microchasms during the day where we can do this research or figure out or aspire or dream or whatever it is so a lot of the research for 
from our perspective, has shifted to mobile, and yet the industry as a whole has not adapted that mindset. They they still that's a huge opportunity. They're still focusing on their desktop experience, right? They design their website for hours and hours and we'll sit down with a designer and figure out how beautiful it's going to look on the desktop in the mobile is an afterthought. And I'm actually in New York this week talking at the HSMEI um, digital marketing conference, this digital strategy conference about that, about the mobile tipping point or what we call the second mobile tipping point. Because what we've seen is... It's been since about 2015, 2016, we saw that more traffic is now coming to most of our client sites from a mobile phone than a desktop. But the bookings have not overcome that tipping point yet. Bookings, well, is that because the experience is shit? I think so. And that's part of part of what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. But I think part of it's experience. Part of it's just consumers' expectations as well. You know, we, we live in a society of wanting what we want when we want it the way we want it you know so so i think it's kind of like two sides of the same sword where because the experience hasn't been as good consumers have been trained that i'm going to do the research on my phone and then go to my desktop to, to book but i think that's changed a lot over the last 12 months or so and we're predicting and this is this is what i'm going to be talking about tomorrow some of our clients and it tends to be the lower adr clients we think by the end of this year, by the end of 2018, they're going to see more bookings on mobile phone than on desktop if we project out from where they are. And a couple of them actually had hit that tipping point a few months last year. But we still see, we tend to see um, last minute bookings tend to be more on mobile still uh, than, than further out. You know, you're researching a, a week long trip, you might have more considerations. But we fundamentally believe <clears throat> that you should have a great mobile booking experience, you should apply psychology just like booking.com does throughout the entire funnel to reduce friction and push people hard through it. You know, they're using social proof, they're using reassurance, they're using all these anchoring, all these psychology tactics to try to encourage people to make a decision right now and not wait. You know, and that that's why the OTAs are doing a much better job. And we see that the data suggests that 45% of OTA bookings are coming in on mobile now. So whereas the hotel John, and, to, hotels are say, 16%. Let's say you're going to Martha's Vineyard in May. Yeah. What's your process? Uh, I would probably be doing research uh, in my spare time. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like, where? No. Are you going to a travel blog? Are you, like... Gotcha. You're a young whippersnapper, you know? Um, <laughs> One I would of those Don millennials that ruined <laughs> in the world, right? I would probably be doing a little bit of like, um, you know, through through the trip advisors and the reviews and such. Uh, I primarily also... What's um, your second? Read up. So um, say now TripAdvisor, those things, you say, okay, these look interesting. What's your next layer to, to get to that decision? I would probably... Well, I would... I would probably first have actually my inspiration so like all right i'm actually going to paris right so the first thing i did was uh look at like make a google map layer of all the places that i actually want to see in mm -hmm. paris right okay. so it's like coming up with what are the things i want to do and yeah. a lot of those are accumulated from like an instagram mm -hmm. or you know like sure. maybe googling around like most touristy things to go to to couple the less touristy things that i want to see mm -hmm. um so you're talking the about eiffel tower, John. exactly the eiffel tower, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the eiffel tower. Yeah. Yeah. um the <laughs> just plain um but the then i would you know kind of funnel more of that in terms of my experience definitely on desktop like no no really? doubt in terms really? of booking so, things i'll tell booking you for, things. for me uh, my wife and i like we'll 
we'll do like we'll go to the trip advisors and things like that on in terms of finding a place to stay right we're going i'm staying mm-hmm. with the the whole hotel in independence because that's what we like to do yeah and then my next round right away goes straight to instagram what's their yeah. hashtags who stayed there why like what does it look like what's their experience there yeah from yeah. the user generated content yeah so we, i'm still doing that but i'm doing it prior to booking to your yeah. point and i would be curious if you're tracking that is there indications that the drop-off rates are really high on mobile when they get to a booking page correct yeah so so the bailout is definitely that makes sense to me, sense to me yeah. but it's changing it's it's getting closer it's it, I, again, some of our clients are going to be this year, but I think the industry as an average is probably going to be 2020 by the time mobile catches up because yeah. you know, 16% of total bookings in the hospitality industry for the hotel side are made on mobile right now. It's got a long mm-hmm. way to go. You know, Independents are leading the pack, but, but I think part of that is because why do you go to desktop, right? Because it's cumbersome to do it on mobile. If there mm-hmm. was a better, yeah, totally. a better widget, a better Correct. utility to doing that on your phone, you would choose to do it because you do everything else right. on your phone. You bank on your phone. You, you know, you pay yeah. bills on your phone. People are even buying more mortgages on their phone. So it's, you're being forced to do it, right? It, it's counterintuitive. It's not Correct. convenient to say, I've got what I want in my hand right let now. Me let me bust out my laptop yeah, when I get home. Go, Get my bag, open my laptop, <laughs> well, go to also, that web page Well, also, as the property, you don't want that. You no, don't want that three-hour gap. To, exactly, because then other influences and... can come in, right? That's right. And like you mentioned, people are looking at TripAdvisor. They are looking at Expedia. They're, mm-hmm. they're narrowing down their decision set, and they're then going to the the brand website or your independent Mostly properties the gram. website. They're going to the gram, man. They're <laughs> definitely going to the gram. I, I think certain demographics are. For sure. Know, I, I think, you know... There's definitely an influence that social media has outside of like direct, un- untrackable. So you can't see that people are clicking from Instagram, but it's an influence. We did a, a self-reported survey to about 2,300 leisure travelers last year. And about 48% of them said that before booking, they will look at the social media channels of the property, right? So it's definitely an influencing factor. Not one you can always measure, but but having, you know, Good profiles out there is very important to show what's going on, especially if your target is is millennials or people that are looking for something a little more exciting. Are you seeing that there? I mean, you know, a lot of the attention of of the the marketing that you're providing is mm-hmm. getting more direct bookings, right? You mentioned this gap between you know relying on an OTA, but mm-hmm. isn't direct bookings only like one percent of the market book? I mean, last time. That I saw a report on it. It was like a really small percentage of bookings are done actually on a direct booking site for a hotel. And it's like a huge percentage is OTA and then Meta and then yeah. So so ours, you know, ours is completely opposite of that. We and again, we deal primarily with independent properties. Most of our properties will come to us in like 30, 40, 50 percent reliant on OTAs on on the on the high side. Um, we get them down to sub ten. Our sweet spot is about six to seven percent, and and OTAs are great. They they perform a very important piece of the ecosystem, right? And I think it, they get vilified a lot. They cropped up at a very important time in the hospitality industry. You know, after the recession, people could not fill up their hotel rooms, so they turned to OTAs to say, "How can I get people to my hotel?" Which was great. What I don't understand is why people continue to increase their reliance today because we are living in one of the best times for the hospitality industry, right? ADR has been going up constantly for the past several years. The economy is thriving here in the U.S., you know, um, consumer confidence is high. 
there's a lot of positive signals and yet people are just dumping inventory to the OTAs because it's simple uh, and you don't have to worry about it. But it's unnecessary to give away 15, 20, 25% if you don't mm -hmm. have to. Um, but, it, you know, there's a, there's a real competition out there to get the guest, right? So even going back to what you were saying, you go to TripAdvisor, Expedia and look and then go to the property website. Why should they book with you? If, if Expedia is a brand you know, you've never heard of this independent property before, mm -hmm. you've got to create a trust. You've got to bridge that gap on that site visit because otherwise they're going to go back to what they're familiar with. And, and Expedia is smart because they, they're introducing like loyalty programs and things to keep them in their ecosystem. Yeah. So you as a hotelier have to say, well, what can I do differently than, than the Expedia's or the, the other OTA? So for us, it comes back to full circle to what we talked about at the start of the show, which is making sure they have a great experience on property, making sure you have a relationship with them when they're on property, giving them extra value and saying, if you book direct next time, you get these things, but we're going to give it to you this time. And we really appreciate your business, right? So don't penalize the folks that book through OTAs. That's another mistake we see a lot where folks will say, well, these are just the Expedia bookings. So we're just going to put them in the, the really bad rooms, right? And then they're going to go leave negative reviews on TripAdvisor and Expedia and never come back to your property. Whereas you should do the opposite. You should say, I got this new business from Expedia. Let me treat them like royalty. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to have a relationship with us. They're going to come and book back direct next time if I tell them to and give them a reason to. So I think a lot of folks have it backwards. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, yeah. What is who out of your client base provides the absolute best experience? That's really tough. You know, we ha we do we do have a couple of clients that are that on the smaller side, and they... and why? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can name names, but we have a couple of clients that are in um, more exotic locations and they're smaller properties. And mm -hmm. one in particular is a 16 unit property. They um, have a small staff, maybe five staff members. Mm -hmm. They get photos from social media of every guest before they come. And they make people remember <coughs> the names of every guest. Wow. So every single wow. person, they every check in, every check in, every like the house keeper everyone in the property knows who you are and the other thing they do which is pretty cool they don't um they don't take any kind of money while during the stay it's all settled up at the end so like when you go to dinner there's no check at the end of dinner mm. like it's 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 all gonna and it's a, it's a high end property that. you couldn't get it. so you're just there to relax um the owner of the property also said that um they had a philosophy that the more couples have sex while they're at the property, the better the reviews are going to be. So they say they, they make yeah. it like they put beds everywhere in the rooms. They mm -hmm. like they make it very mirrors um, on the sensual. And, yeah, I don't think it goes that far, but <laughs> they definitely encourage. Real classy. It, it's a very uh, romantic kind of a location. Okay. So, but where, it, where is it located? Uh, it it's in uh, Mexico. In mm -hmm. yeah, but it's Tulum. Everyone's going to that Tulum these days, man. It it's it's uh. What's the California kind of peninsula below California? It's there. Um, I forget what it's called. Google. Edit this bit out. <laughs> it's like their backyard, basically. Yeah. Um, Cabo. It's, it's it is Cabo, yeah? Yeah, it's it's north of Cabo. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, But it, it comes down to personal touch. You know, the, the properties that we see that do the best are the ones that care the deepest about their guests, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Marriott has a good reputation because they have these brand standards that say that all the employees have to 
acknowledge their guests and they have this rule like depending on how close the guest is you either speak to them smile at them or acknowledge them in some way you know you, you know so you can force that but i think if it comes from a more authentic place it, it it's a lot more impactful when specifically for me when traveling through like south or southeast asia the level of like just service and friendliness and mm-hmm. i mean it's I haven't seen people really match that. And it's it's mm-hmm. basically the standard there. It could be the, the smallest of yeah. small places or a five-star, right? I yeah. Mean, it's just... Yeah, and different different areas, I think there's different expectations. And some of it depends on the you know the quality of the product, the quality or the type of guest. And, and some of it's just a, a society thing. You know, if you go to New York versus Myrtle Beach, where I'm from in South Carolina, an Uber driver is very different. Right, so an Uber driver in Myrtle Beach is a lot more Southern y'all charm, and whereas here they got that that New York swagger, which is you know a little colder. Um, so, so I think part of it's geographic, part of it's you know the type of property. I'm seeing so a lot of my background is in retail, mm-hmm. and with that, you're seeing a lot of branded experiences, whether that be in uh, pop up or agile retail experiences, or even now you're seeing boutique hotels. Uh, partner with things like Casper and Nespresso machines and thing and and it is a intentional product placement styled move which seems to actually work really well. Have you like how much of this are you seeing in your ecosystem and what are your thoughts around this? Yeah, I I have not run into a lot with our client base, but I have as a consumer and and I think it's a trend that really plays into the the way our society is going right we're we're all experiential we all want something unique we all want a story to tell and you know to take a little bit of that home with you when you go and have a great experience and then share it i think is is a phenomenal idea and you know we we tell our clients a lot of times the the best way to gain market share in whatever market is through partnerships is go and find other folks in your market where you're not you know you're complementary you're not competitive and, and figure out ways to work together to boost both parties. And, you know, we did an episode of our podcast on, um, I forget what number it was, but it was how to how to uh, market on a shoestring budget. And a big part of that conversation was that kind of thing. Like, how do you go partner with, you know, whether they're pro- providing, um, you know, coffee or, you know, locally grown coffee or whether it's the beds or whether it's art, you know, going finding local artists and people like that to deck out the property and sell and the sell the actual artwork that's there. So I think it's a trend that's going to continue. I think in some ways uh, you've seen the flags and the brands having to go that way to try to compete with the unique experience from Airbnb that it's offering, you know, and as Airbnb kind of gets dips a toe more in the hotel business as, as you've seen in the news recently, I think hotels are having to fight back and try to cater to the same guests that they're trying to cater to. You know, it's been so it. long since Limp Bizkit and Jay-Z collaborated. And that was the first time. <laughs> that was the first time I was like, what? Two different genres coming yeah, together? It works? And you're wow. capitalizing on each other's audience? See, I was you're thinking like, Run DMC and Aerosmith. That, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, so that was yeah. even before. Yeah. But, that was, uh, but when did they release that? Yeah, that track was definitely before. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, huh. I got to say that. But I mean, like that, that, Music had it right. Yeah, yeah. They still continue to do that a lot, especially with the EDM movement coming in and being more popular in the state side. The, mm-hmm. the way they did that is through, through well, these partnerships. partnerships. These partnerships, partnerships are not necessarily yeah. bad yeah, on the EBITDA either sure. because, I mean, <clears throat> most of these are paid product placements in yeah. Yeah. a lot of ways. So yeah. if you're looking at, like, Heads and Bed is your only revenue stream for yeah. a lot of these Well, that's, chains, that's then, the other thing, right? Because you know, the hotel industry is struggling 
from a profitability standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Their costs are going up, but you can only increase ADR by so much. So hotels are really looking for additional revenue streams outside of the traditional stay. That's where our app has helped a lot of clients because we're we're able to communicate with the guests what's going on, what they can additionally buy, you know, drive people to the bar or the spa or the restaurant or whatever it is. But yeah, imagine if you can say, hey, is the bed comfortable? And everyone that says five stars for the bed, you say, boom, here's the Casper mattress. Well, by the way, in... um in the same vein of partnerships, I really appreciate uh, the uh, foreshadowing, the beautiful write-up you're going to post on <laughs> Fuel about this uh, podcast yeah, we'll, recording. Really, we'll, thank you. You're thank very you. Really welcome. Good. Yeah. Hopefully you'll thank me after it's really <laughs> yeah, 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 I appreciate it. I really appreciate Scathing it. Scathing yeah. review. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but well. we're, we're happy to do it. You know, we've been doing our podcast for a couple of years now, and, um, you know, it's great to see others yeah. come up in the industry. They're, they're really, for the longest time, has not been much good content educating the industry. And so con- podcasts how I consume most of my stuff. And Take them on. Plug great. into your podcast what it's all about and how our listeners can tune in. Yeah, so it's the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. It started out as kind of a, a little hobby more than anything else. You're the host, right? Yeah, I'm the the host. It's Mm -hmm. usually with two or three of my team members. We have guests on it occasionally. We're going to have you guys on at some point. But, you know, it started out where we would have conversations about, you know, what was going on, what the trends were, what, how we thought we could solve a problem. And we'd have these conversations over a beer or or a lunch or whatever it was. And we said, one day, let's let's just start recording this. You know, how hard could Mm -hmm. it be? So we went and bought like a $70 Yeti mic, (laughs) stuck it in the middle of the table, pulled up GarageBand on on the Mac and just hit record. You know, I did a couple of Google searches. How do you create a podcast? And there we were off and running the same day. So we, uh, we, it started out as just really us kind of like sitting around a campfire and chit chatting, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's very informal. Like this show, we, we, um, you know, we we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we we really do have a passion for helping independent hotels primarily, but the whole industry. So we try to bubble up a topic that people are talking about, but but rather than just talking about it on a surface level, like a lot of the the media, hospitality media does, we try to dig down into the nitty gritty and and get tactical about it. Like how how does this actually apply? Like what does this actually mean for your business, and what can you do with it? So. You know, we, we've kind of evolved the, the show. I'd say the first 20 or so episodes were a little rough. We we were not podcast experts. Um, still are not. But, you know, then we invested in better technology. You know, mm-hmm. the sound quality got better. We um, got a little more serious about the content. You know, we planned it out a little more. But every episode, you can expect two or three news items. You know, we'll, we'll talk about what, you know, the T news of the world are talking about and again try to give our take on what it means give a quick shout out to nick who's um yeah he's on the show i've listened to him a lot he's he's great and tinus they do a great job you know they're very fair and they always cover the latest cool technology stuff going on in the industry um so we'll, we'll do a couple of that for about 15 20 minutes but then we'll we'll d- dig into a topic like well, this past week we talked about the second mobile tipping point you know the fact that revenue is getting ready to outpace um on, on mobile is getting ready to outpace desktop um, we've done them one of my favorite episodes was episode 70 we did um what if your if your phone agents treated your guest like your website does so we took we p- kind of poked fun of some of the big mistakes that people make on their website like not being mobile friendly as an example and we did role-played phone conversations where someone would call in and because they were on their smartphone we couldn't take their booking that they had to hang up and call us back on a rotary phone yeah. <laughs> so um 
so we're very tongue in cheek. You know, we we don't we we like to entertain as we educate. Uh, nice. But at the end of the day, we we have fun doing it. It's probably one of my favorite things I do each week. I get to disconnect from you know clients and employees for for a couple of hours while we record it. But um, yeah, it's a good show. You can get it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's, and what's the name one more time? It's the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Perfect. If you if you just type in Hotel Marketing, it's the oh, number on. one. Mm-hmm. It shows up. But um, yeah, it's the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. We're up to episode 79 now. So we've been going almost two years. Weekly? And, uh, yeah, not every week. I mean, not consistently. Close to it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most weeks during the summer, we typically go to every other week um, mm-hmm. just because of our schedules. Too much golf in Myrtle Beach, man. Well, we, we do. We take <laughs> off. We, we live at the beach, so we have to enjoy it, right? So on, mm-hmm. on during the summer on Fridays, we, we usually close the office a little early. I mean, so all nice, Myrtle Beach, nice. by the way, is closed on a Friday. Pretty much. In the summer, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. But yeah, during this time of year, we do it every week. And, um, Fantastic. You know, yeah, it's it's been fun, and we're looking forward to having you guys on the show. For sure. Looking forward to it. Well, let's get to know a little bit about uh, the personality behind that podcast. Um, coming up is your Stuart. Open up on the more personal side uh, in Off the Beaten Path right after this. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen, that's MouthMedia, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Welcome back. We're going to get into some more personal questions with Off the Beaten Path. Thanks to our trusty airline personnel. Attention, passenger John Matson, report to gate 22. And that's me. I'm going to ask a question. I mean, you know, like every other time. You know, so we're like the only people in this in this entire airport. Like, we are always well, going the plane. to the I mean, I don't know if it is it the airport or the plane. I don't know where we are. Really. <laughs> where are we? I can't tell. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. They serve Twiglets here. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if that was the airline snack? Twiglets. <laughs> hey man, that's what they're trying. To, a lot of airlines are trying to do more um, regionally focused um, food mm-hmm. on the airlines. Really smart, Stuart. I want to know about your aspirations for NASA. You saw SpaceX <laughs> just yeah. just went up a little bit ago. Yeah. A lot of really exciting things going on. What is the place that you hope we reach in your lifetime well in my lifetime i certainly think we're going to reach mars but man i tell you i watched the falcon heavy launch last week that's the first time in 17 years of being in the marketing business that i'm like a little bit of me was like man i wish i'd stuck with space you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like this one that was like the sexiest thing they're gonna do an electric version of it soon too (laughs) yeah like hybrid (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah I can see that. Oh, but no, that, I mean, they, they brought the sizzle back into space, right? Because everyone's been kind of meh about it for so long. But to to do what they did, to put a car with a man in it in space, yeah. you know, that's just... How many how many views did that space. get? Yeah. yeah. But, that's funny. Space. You should coin that term. Um, but I, I certainly think we're, we're on target to get to Mars within the next 20 or 30 years. And who knows beyond that? I mean, I, I think it, it takes a, a visionary... 
like Elon Musk to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to find solutions to a problem that really a government can't solve, right? They're never going to invest the right way or do it the right way. NASA could never compete with what SpaceX are doing because there's too many regulations and restrictions and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, I'd love to see us go to Mars and then one day we can go to a galaxy far, far away and maybe see what's up with the Star Wars universe. Nice, nice. I was going to say, are you a Trekkie or a Star Wars fan? Both, but I'm I'm ultra nerd for Star Wars. Like, if you go <laughs> in my office, it's, like, decked out with Lego Star Wars ships and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Your attention, please. Passenger Pavan Ball, please come to the information counter. Well, looks like it's me. Um, you know, I, I do want to kind of keep it tangential to your hospitality work. You know, I often find that you end up getting, you know, being gravitated in your professional career to things that remind you of home or, you know, your childhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how hospitality played a role in your life growing up as a child. That's a great question. I, you know, I, we didn't travel a lot as a family growing up. We, I, My dad was, he was a ceramic tile. He was a, a laborer, essentially. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So we, we never had money to, to travel. When we traveled... Um, it was staying with family in mm-hmm. other places. I had a, an aunt that lived in uh, in Scotland. It was like an eight-hour drive. We we went there a couple of times growing up. So, to me, when I, when I traveled, it was always I always felt at home, right? I was always around warm people, mm-hmm. loving people that were sharing their home with you and wanting you to have the great experience. And I think I've taken that into my traveling since then. You know, I, I think. That's why it always comes back to, and you'll see a lot of my answers always came back to it's hospitality, it's hospitality, it's yeah. hospitality, and I think I think that comes back from my childhood and how we experience travel. You know, it wasn't until I was in college that I um, went and stayed in a hotel somewhere, and uh, it was a very different experience. You know, it was a sterile, um, cold, yeah, very cold. It was there, mm. there was no warmth from the people or the environment that I was in, and so. I was like a little shocked and then and that was a hotel in England and then uh, a little bit later my now wife then girlfriend and I went for a trip to Italy and we went to um, Cinque Terre on the northern Riviera which is like these five little villages and uh, you could walk between them on this cliff face but what I noticed there was the same thing I'd had as a kid which was the warmth was back it was personalized it was you know authentic and you got to experience a little bit of their lives you know we were living we were staying in like it wasn't flagged hotels it was like a little bed well, and breakfast. Are, there are no flag hotels right in exactly Chicago. it was yeah. it was almost like airbnb before airbnb sure. existed right because this was in, in, in late 90s so um that that was when for me i was like this is what travel should be and mm. that's what i try to instill it still in all my clients today excellent Thanks, Stuart, for coming on the show. Is there a way that um, that somebody could get in touch with you with your work you're doing at, at Fuel Travel or um, you know the podcast, perhaps? What's what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so you can search for the podcast. Uh, you can either get it from our website, fueltravel.com slash podcast, or just search for Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. You can pretty much get hold of us anywhere using Fuel Travel, so at Fuel Travel on Twitter or facebook.com slash fuel travel. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's info at fueltravel.com. And then if you want to hit me up personally, I'm on Twitter at Stuart Butler. Awesome. And, uh, you know, is there any kind of 
final thought or reflection on either this conversation or your work at Fuel um, that you'd want to share? Well, I, I think the message I try to tell everyone when I talk to them is, you know, don't overthink marketing. At, at, at its root, you know, think about it as a, a conversation with an individual. If we're in the hospitality industry, like we said at the beginning, you know, communicate with your guest where they want you to communicate and in the way that they want you to communicate. You know, don't look at it from your own perspective. Email is a great example of that, you know, where people, what do I get out of sending this this 100,000 emails right now? Think about what is a conversation I can have to improve the relationship with each and every individual guest. If you do that, you don't chase the bright and shiny. You don't end up spending a ton of money, you know, in a way that's not going to affect your bottom line. And at the end of the day, you're going to have happier, more loyal guests. And that's what we're in this industry for. That's great. Empathy rules. Empathy rules marketing. Um, thanks again. It's great to speak with you. Uh, for my co-host, Pop and Ball. Thanks so much for these twiglets. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been chopping <laughs> out of the whole episode, yeah, but you I'll tell the you. Crunch throughout the whole episode. That when I think fun. of um, you know the UK's culinary prowess, I uh, I generally don't have a great we get a bad favoring rap. life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is a uh, this is a notch in the right direction, yeah. and, and and isolated from your Indian food, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Great an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm your host, John Matson. Bon voyage. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.